0: Uh, as Annie said, my name is, is Mallory Wypoff. I've been uh, part of Autography for maybe a year, year and a half now. I teach in the Bible and Theology Department at Lipscomb, as well as Rochester College in uh, Michigan. I also uh, am a spiritual director, so I have a spiritual direction practice here in Nashville and get to connect with a lot of folks and practice disciplines together, talk about their experience of the disciplines. And specifically in my doctoral program, one of the emphases of, of that program was in uh, spiritual formation. So I uh, am grateful for the spiritual disciplines, for how they root and ground us in the history and tradition of the Christian faith, and we as Protestants certainly need reminders of how we are rooted in that tradition. Um, and today we're gonna talk about the discipline <coughs> of justice. Some of you are wondering how this, how justice even factors into a subset of uh, spiritual disciplines I'm going to talk about that towards the end Um, but that's a really important question so first let's just discuss even the the concept the term justice what do we mean when we we say that word I remember when I was an undergrad and I don't even recall specifically what the course was but the professor had asked us to grab a sheet of paper and he said um, draw justice Draw what you sort of think of, uh, what conception you have when you hear the word the idea of justice, and then he uh, had a us as students share sort of what we had, had drawn, and uh, by and large, most students had drawn something that had to do with uh, with law enforcement. So a lot, of, a lot of students had drawn handcuffs or police officers or maybe like a judge and a jury. Some people draw on scales to show that we intended equality and justice, but but very much all in that in that vein. So when they thought about justice. They thought about sort of the uh, justice department or systems of, of justice uh, here in, in the United States. And probably for most of my life up until that point, that would have been what I what I think about when I when I hear that that term. But not long before having taken that class, I started to uh, be exposed to the Hebrew prophets within the Hebrew scriptures in a way that I had not been exposed to before in, in my, my formative years. And it started to get me thinking that maybe the way that I thought about everything, but even about concepts like justice, was just, was just off a little bit. So I sort of took a risk, and what I, what I drew when, the, when my professor asked us to draw justice, was, and I'm, I'm a terrible artist, so it didn't, this is what I intended to draw, whether it looked like that or not, I have no idea. But I drew um, a fig tree, and I drew people sitting underneath it. Because I had begun again to enter into the Hebrew scriptures and to think about the ways that the concept of justice is conceived in those texts. And I had this image from, directly from those, those Hebrew scriptures of people sitting under the shade of a, of a fig tree. And they were enjoying the shade of the tree that they themselves had planted. And they weren't being harmed, and they weren't being oppressed, nor were they harming or oppressing? And I, I was just beginning to kind of explore this new idea. that maybe that <coughs> gets us a whole lot closer to the idea of justice in a pair of handcuffs, or a judge and jury, or a law enforcement official. Uh, So again, what do we mean when we even use this this term justice? The biblical sense of of justice when when this idea, this concept is used uh, in, in the scriptures, the concept there is about something being made right being made straight, you know, it, has been, it has been skewed, it has been different than what it was intended to be and it all of a sudden comes into alignment. It was something uh, becoming, being set back into the way it was intended to be, I mean, being made straight. That is the biblical concept of, of justice. And that's really broad and holistic and quite encompassing but it is necessarily larger than the ways that we often tend to think about justice, which is narrowed and kind of skewed even, and sometimes just, just um, myopic. So uh, when we hear that concept, and we if we were to have the paper and we think what images we, we might draw, uh, we are formed by a whole host of, of stories and narratives and experiences that shape the way that we would think about, about that concept. So I want to spend a few minutes in uh in some Hebrew texts and then we'll look at a piece from the New Testament and think about the image that they that these texts convey and what that might say to us about justice and our spiritual practice of of justice. Okay. So I'm gonna read a few a few texts here. And I just want you to notice what you notice. Okay? What what Uh, What senses are stirred for you? What do you see? What do you feel? Where is there a moment where you go, oh, yes, I long for that. Okay? Notice where you're stirred. Okay? This text comes from Isaiah 65. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be offspring, blessed by the Lord, and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Amen and amen. Okay, tell me tell me what you're hearing, sensing, noticing. What what longings does this text stir up for you? I think it's a longing of peace. It's a lot of peace. Mm. And why do you long for that? Why do so I long for that? Yeah. Um I mean there's always distress the between people, there's always <coughs> things that people aren't going to agree on every day, on the TV, on, in our personal lives, even within the church, and I just think that God brings such a peace, and that's what this is painting a picture of, is that peace that mm-hmm. God is wanting us to have, mm-hmm. and we should strive to, to find with okay. Thank you. What else? What do you notice? Where are you stirred? Harmony. I'm sorry? Harmony. Harmony? Okay. Any more you want to say about that?
1: Just in the sense of what she stated, but that you're seeing everything work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we may deal with now, the opposites and what have you, the friction, mm-hmm. now you can have the differences, but that's harmony. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you. What else? Everybody's working for each other instead of their personal mm-hmm. Things. Where's, where's the point in this text where you go, I am desperate for that. I'm desperate to see that, to experience that?
3: When we weeping, we're proud of mm. Yes.
0: So, for a glimpse of how things uh, will one day be, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, let, me, let me move on to the next text here Micah 4 3 through 4. God shall judge between many peoples and shall arbitrate between strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall all sit under their own vines and under their own fig trees, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Same questions. Where are you stirred?
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I see self determination and self sufficiency mm-hmm. and stability in place and in uh, what is needed for uh, an abundant life. Mm. Yes, well said. Thank you. Yes. What do you see where are you stirred? The part for me is where it says, They shall not learn more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and I think it you can broaden that a little bit to talk even more about um, just disparity and prejudice and those sorts of things because by and far those things are learned mm-hmm. um, as, as a child is as, as grown and um, just even in my own circle as the whole Christian versus Muslim conversation you hear know so much and I think about what my children learn when they hear those kinds mm-hmm. of things I'm always trying I'm always trying to, to battle that, you know, in my own home. And just thinking about it as a na- national scale, how much mm-hmm. bigger it is, you know, at one, one day we won't have to worry about our children learning more mm-hmm. and better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Anything else?
1: Were you thinking about the first when you do your picture? Yes.
0: Yeah, the image of the, of the sitting under the mines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I particularly uh, love this this notion of using swords and the plowshares and spears and the pruning hooks because it it is the action of taking tools that once were used for destruction. Their entire intent was meant <laughs> for destruction, and then they are transformed into tools that cultivate life. That nurture life. Um, let me move to the next text here. <coughs> Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. The wolf shall lie with the lamb, the leopard shall lie with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall leave them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. <laughs> The nursing child shall play over the hole of the ass or snake. The weaned child shall put its hand on the snake's den. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What what sense are you getting from this text? No divisions, no Mm separation. No division or separation
1: else it's the, it's the
2: end of violence we want need to worry about violence?
0: What else? I know all of the the pairings here are are um using animals, but perhaps like you shared, uh May, maybe we could consider what it might be like for our own children or children that we that we love um, is there a pairing that we might right now say those two don't often go together it, it might not work for, for these two children to be able to be together because of whatever categories they happen to belong in they don't quite, they can't quite play together they quite can't be able to spend the night at at one another's home and and so on maybe maybe that might help us get the sense of what what these animal pairings are meant to um to convey to to some extent
3: i think just like in the natural world it just the nature is the way it is and that there are predators and there are prey and in our human global existence there are people who are affluent and who have power and who have um, <coughs> positions of authority and there are people who do not mm-hmm. and and it almost you know it, it really does feel like it's almost as ingrained as nature is mm-hmm. in predators and prey mm-hmm. And so to imagine just the systems being leveled mm-hmm. and equality being imbued into our you know into humanity and mm-hmm. oppression being,
0: Taken away is
1: a beautiful
0: picture. It's yes. the way I read that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Tons of trust. Tons of trust, you yeah. said you bet. Yeah, my There's a, a a risk that comes in these pairings be together that necessitates the type of trust that you're talking about.
3: But <laughs> I mean
0: yeah. just
1: from
3: the imagery and stuff, but just like the pure hardness of a child mm-hmm. we'll be able like we will have the pure hardness of a child to interact with mm-hmm. all you know, I don't know, I don't know if that's goes for the same but that's something <coughs> that just got reached mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I just I just watched the, the new one and anything if Bill Murray's in it, come on, that's <laughs> that, that's great. But yeah, I loved it. It was so good. And yes, I think you're right on Let's take, uh, for the last text, let's take one from Revelation. Um, I'll just read here. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them. They will be God's peoples. And God's presence will be with them. God will wipe every tear from their eyes Death will be no more, mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the former things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light and its lamp is the Lamb." The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. What do you notice? Where are you stirred? The image of God's own self being the space wherein we commune with God. <laughs> yeah. It's stunning. What else?
1: interestingly, it's recognized as nations and not earthlings or, or people or humans but it's still separated into
3: nations mm-hmm. because you know, global separation under one God. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Hopefully
0: <coughs> these texts have have helped uh, stir <coughs> stir up something uh, within us this morning to uh, give us give us an image that when we watch the news and we go, I'm so desperate for this to not be what is true, but then we have a counter image to go, and that's what I long for it to be. And the really, really, really good news is that this is what it will be. We as Christians are called to engage in justice, and I'm absolutely convinced that we are. The really good news is that God is currently at work to bring about these realities. God is at work to bring about these realities. These are not near, uh, th- this is not a pipe dream. But we just go, man, that would be nice. This is what we'll be. Justice is then the work that that God does and the work that we join with God and participate with God in to help bring about this reality. Because God is working to set things right, as we said, in that biblical concept of justice. God is working to set things right, to bring them straight into alignment the way that they were meant to be. For some of us, we, we begin to experience certain ways in our own lives, when, we've, when we have lived in ways that were not as they should be, whether of our own doing or because of other choices that have affected and influenced us. And then we see God at work on, on our lives and we begin to see, oh, maybe that's what it means to be a community. We get to glimpse that. We get to experience that. We get to live into that. And that is what salvation is. It is an invitation to begin to experience what it means to be a human being fully, the way God intended it. But it doesn't just stay there with us as individuals. though it certainly includes us as individuals. But in all of these pictures, it is a broad sense looking at all of creation. All of creation. Say, this is what it might look like things to be right, the way that they were intended to be. These texts uh, offer imagery and, and poetry and imagination, and they don't give us a full or complete picture by any means. But these texts are throughout the scriptures that begin to give us a sense of that new creation and what things will be like when heaven and earth are joined. And thank God, the end of the story is not what we see when we turn on the news, or not what we see when at times we look into our own hearts and lives and know the depravity there. But the end of the story is this. Justice work is simply, again, joining with God to participate in this type of work. To say, I know what's really true, I know what's really real here's the thing, there are a thousand to put it lightly, narratives that could tell us, hey, here's what's really true here's what's really real about your life and my life and the world again, turn on the news, it's going to tell you hopefully, that could be another conversation, here's what's true here's what's real and, and it gives us this narrative to say, this is, this is what's true, but actually this is more true than that Um, I'm sure many, if not all of you, have watched a movie in your home at some point. my husband and I, that's good about the extent of our date night right now, it's an A month old. It's like, alright, Netflix on Friday, great, we're in bed by 8.30, sort of thing. Um, I'm sort of a spaz when it comes to watching scary movies. My husband and I were watching Shutter Island one night, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, it's a movie, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. Um, with Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's, and it's a bit of a, of a thriller. And whenever I'm watching a movie, man, I get so caught up into it, that when someone jumps on the screen or something happens, I'm like this, and for every reason I have to cover my neck, because that's where I feel most vulnerable, so I end up being like this, <laughs> and then I realize, why am I sitting like this, right? <laughs> and so I try to be like, right now I'm I'm cool, it's fine. And then another thing happens, and you better believe I'm tucked back up again, and I'm all nervous, and I'm sweating, and my heart rate is pacing, um, why? because I'm so caught up into that story that's being told that I believe it's true. My body is physiologically responding as if that story is true. So then I have to remind myself, okay, that's not actually true. The truest story, the truest version of reality right now is that I'm safe in my living room, my husband's right there, I'm seated on my comfortable couch, hopefully all is his and it's not about to wake up, I'm good, I'm okay. That's what's actually true man, the images on that screen are so dang compelling that I believe them. And again, I begin to respond as if what's on that screen is really true. All of the images, whether it's on the literal screen or not, all of the stories that tell us, hey, here's what's true about you, about me, about the world. Here's, here's really, This is reality. This is a picture of reality. What I want to suggest is that the work that God is doing to redeem and to restore all of creation so that the words and the images that we see here are not mere your fantasies but are real reality, that is the truest story, the truest version of reality. More true than what we see on the news, more true than what we experience when we come into, into church today on our way here. This is what is really true. This is why I'm convinced that justice is a spiritual discipline. Because the spiritual disciplines help orient us, help us become aware of, help us enter into and participate in the really real, what's actually true. Because no matter where we are, no matter what is going on, God is at work. And when we engage in these disciplines, we begin to sense that in a way we did not previously. what God is doing and who we are in light of that and that is the purpose of, of spiritual disciplines I'm convinced whether it is certain forms of prayer or fasting or silence or doing justice work the purpose is to engage with what is really true to engage with what is the true version of reality. And the true version of reality is that God is redeeming all things, that God is enacting justice, meaning everything is coming into alignment the way it was meant to be. We get glimpses of it here. We get glimpses of it when we do justice work, when we see things restored. Um... If our, if our concept of justice is merely punitive and it is merely about some, someone does wrong, commits a crime, that person bears some sort of punishment for that crime, that's not justice. It is a part of justice in that we are saying what has been done is not okay. But it's not okay because human beings have value and this person is acting in a way that is not congruent with his or her value and is harming another person or persons that have value what would it look like to not merely say, what's the appropriate punishment in this situation? What would it look like for a concept of justice to say, how might we bring restoration here? What would it look like if we could sit and imagine this situation, what would it look like for, uh, for all things to be as they were meant to be in this situation? Yesterday I was talking to my neighbor whose granddaughter, who's son of us kicked out of school. Beautiful, bright young woman, excelled in schools, taking like all AP classes, but she got into a fight. And she knocked some people out. And so she got kicked out of school. Now we could leave the story there and say, man, she shouldn't have done that. That's not a real big thing. And we're right. I don't want her to harm people. Because we have value. Does she has value? Does they have value? But if we have a larger perspective of what justice might mean in that scenario, we will begin to see that she is a a victim of abuse in her own home, that she is angry about what she experiences in her own home. I'm just going to say, she's pissed off about what she's experiencing in her home, and she's taking that out on other people around her. She's part of a community that has not offered her what she needs to thrive as a young woman. Now, this is not an, my, please hear me, this is not my indictment of the folks who made the decision to, to expel her or anything or This is a complicated scenario, okay? I'm just trying to say, what would it look like for us to not merely look at justice and say, she did something wrong, we gotta give her the punishment, but to say, how, how is God at work here and how might God be seeking to restore and redeem all parts of this scenario? So that not only that this young woman no longer engages in harmful activity against herself and other people, and that's important, but that she's also within a community that is offering her the resources that she needs. That she does not have to face violence, that she's no longer made afraid when she sleeps at night to pull some of the language the and images mm. from from these scriptures. That shifts things a bit. Like it's a much fuller, more holistic picture of what justice might look like in this one scenario. That's not easy work. It's not simple. It's complicated. It's complex. It takes time. It is not quick. But it seems to me that God's okay with all of that that God's okay with that reality. Because God is doing a really slow, gradual work with us Mm
2: -hmm. and with creation.
0: Man, God's chosen chosen, uh, way to begin this experience of of redemption, restoration of all things was to form a people, the people of Israel. There are a lot quicker, better, more Mm -hmm. secure ways to get the work done than to work with people. And God chose us. Right? I think God's okay with the, the time that it takes for that type of justice to happen. I think God's okay with the complexity that, that that entails. So again, justice is not quick. It does not happen automatically. But it necessarily must have a broader sense uh, than we tend to, to conceive of it. And I'm convinced it needs to be about God's vision first. Because each of us could have our own vision, and sometimes those might line up with what God's doing, and sometimes they don't. And so here's the beauty of how all of these spiritual disciplines that you all will be discussing over the next few the beauty of how they come together, is that we might have a vision for justice. And then as we continue to engage in other disciplines, like prayer or examine, we realize actually that vision doesn't quite line up with God's. But when we engage in a certain sort sort of reflection and introspection with God, we enter more fully into a way of living and thinking and being that does line up with the way that God intends for it to be. I've shared a lot. I want to give us a few minutes to talk, to explore about this this concept. concept. Tell me what you're, what you're hearing, where are you being stirred, what questions are coming up for you about this? And so on.
3: Yes, sir. Um, the they
0: Sure. And we could, uh, justice work requires that we be reflective and consider what might we be doing as individuals that make this impossible. How might I be living in such a way that it's impossible for another person to plant his or her own fig tree and sit under the shade of it? Because I'm so concerned about my own resources that I'm taking more and more out. Ooh. That it breaks me out into a sweat. But that that's the type of introspection that we have to, to think about to say, if we're really serious about seeing this reality, then it does require the change that you're describing. It requires that we say, in what ways might I need to join, not just do the work with God, but in my own life, bring things into alignment. So that maybe I just need to get out of the way at times, so that this can be, this can be a reality. It necessarily will demand change do that
1: you stated very hinting about justice meaning making the cricket straight, right? <laughs> it's, it's interesting that the the mindset that we as Christians should have, which is often becomes difficult, using the young lady, for example, that she's wrong. It was wrong what she did. Justice is, you know, to some degree, is to... But taking it a step further, it's kind of interesting that we have difficult Let's say one takes someone's life, right, And they go to jail. But while they're in jail, they obtain a master's degree and get out. But there are many who are not willing to give them the opportunity to say, hey, I was crooked, I was jacked, you know, now I'm straight, I learned that there were my ways. And it's, you know, it's oftentimes difficult for us to accept that, which that being more of the harmony that we're talking about, that you're taking that it was crooked. Unfortunately, it it took that to change that person's life but I'll be able to forgive forgive, and see that he or she served their time that yoga should, now they're on a straight path or trying to a straight path. Yes, and I would add to that something
0: of what was not straight, what was not the way it was meant to be, that cultivated an environment for this person to be in the first place. The story I mentioned in this young woman, I could tell that story in a year, and perhaps the story I'd be telling is she's in prison. Okay? Oh. We just happen to be on the end right now, where she's not yet, and I hope that she does not get to that point. I hope that we as a community can come around her and, and prevent that by saying, what in a community? when we start to talk about some of these uh, the, these ideas, these images of restoration and redemption, the way things are as they're meant to be, but, um, it's impossible to not think about ethical issues. we got to take that seriously. It might upend the way that we tend to think about some of these things. Again, difficult, complex uh, questions,
2: but important ones to, to ask. yes a little while ago they had a 2020 it was about women in prison and they stated that i forget what the percentage was was very high about the women in prison were women who actually got hooked on pain pills after a surgery childbirth, or whatever and eventually it built up into heroin addictions or whatever or maybe but that led them into law breaking the law which led them into prison and there were so many of them interviewed and, and to sit here
0: me, when you think about, uh, the state of the world and how very far it needs to come to get to what it's intended to be, um, then some of your first feelings are ones to be really overwhelmed. You're feeling like, how am I going to change the world? Put it, put it, um, to something like that. Um. doing this work. God is at work right now to do this work to bring all things <coughs> that meant to be. What we get to do is join God in that work. We don't take it upon ourselves, which is a good thing. We join God in that work. So when we engage in the discipline of justice, our first question ought to be, God, where are you at work? How are you bringing about justice? How are you bringing things the way that you are meant to be? I join you there? Those are the questions that will help us enter into that.